This is the Necro Macho Entertainment Podcast. Oh, yeah. Welcome, all you hive scummers who think they can rise through the top of the spire. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Necro Macho Entertainment Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Roy. And I'm Richard. And today we'll be talking about how to get people to play Necromunda with you and how to work on a budget yeah. trying to play Necromunda or collect Necromunda. Whatever you want to do with Necromunda. Yeah. Build, paint, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Hobby Necromunda. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what have you been up to, Richard? Um, oy. So I've been getting ready for our upcoming campaign and got all my uh, five one by ones built and this past week finally painted. So all I have to do is do the finishing touches of uh, slapping on uh, black paint around because I, I attached them to pieces of wood and I just need to paint the, the, the rims black essentially on them and it's ready to go. You can view those on his Instagram. Yes, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Les Gray Minis, G R A Y, not E Y. Very British of you. No, E Y is British. He's always British. A A Y is the American. English was my worst subject in school. Yeah, it, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what about you? What's been going on with you? Uh, I've been uh, delaying putting on that said campaign for like two months now. Yeah. <laughs> but besides that, uh, working on my Chaos Cotor, which is up on the our Instagram. Necromacho Entertainment. Uh, still got work to do on the leader and a grenade launcher champion. Yeah. Uh, just got to figure out how I want to do that. And then I also did some of the best models that GW released, which was the crew kill team. Mm-hmm. Uh, converted, quotation marks, converted, because I didn't have to do much converting to make them into a uh, Orlock Warband. Because oh, yeah, yeah. I hate the Orlock models. I mean, if you like them, that's cool. Not my forte. As an American, it doesn't strike. It doesn't have the same hits as I don't know, like a I don't know, Vansar, Delock, or something. I don't know. It just feels too close to home. It feels generic. I just think personally. it's it's very generic. It's uh, we're playing in you know far future, and yeah. I, I can have some Amazon women that want to poison you to death and then torture you, or some bald headed Cthulhu alien guys, or some Dutch techno shooty up guys you know yeah right and it's just okay here, here here's some guys with some leather shoulder pads maybe some maybe a little bit of armor and a knee pad here and there and a scarf yeah it's like or a bandana sorry whatever yeah a cravat <laughs> uh yeah ascot. so an ascot yes uh well, that's where all ties and everything comes from is an ascot that's where it all began if you didn't know that oh okay yeah so actually pirates had ascots that's like oh, you, okay, okay. Like watch Pirates of the Caribbean, like some of the guys have ascots on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so converting them up, which uh, the conversion, all they had to do was shave down a front of a barrel to make the barrel shroud flat, mm-hmm. and bam, it's a shotgun. Yeah, there you go. They're just... They're they great make, great models, too, the crew models. Yeah. And it's, like, so Western. I re- like, if, if the Orlocks were Western, I would definitely have an Orlock gang. Like... The they have what a uh, lever action yeah the lever action rifle, rifle shotguns yeah. yeah 
Um, got like the Desperado, like uh, long holsters for their pistols. Yeah, they got the bandoliers going on. Bandoliers, yeah. They got capes. Yeah, capes too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they make that that kill team makes better Orlocks than the Orlocks, in my opinion. I mean, there's there's more variety. Like, I won't say that because they're they're all they're those are all monoposed models. But no, well, I mean, like character wise, like oh yes, there's so much character. Yeah, because like Orlocks are fairly generic. Like just okay, here's a guy walking, here's a guy standing, and they all kind of look the same other than the heads. Well, there's a reason for that because they have to. They're multi-part kits, and they you should be able to pose them to an extent. And you, yes, versus these. One pose models, they can pose them however they want because that's how it's going to go together. You're, mm -hmm. you're not supposed to change it. Yeah. So, yeah, they're cool. I'll get, I'll get this posted. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, let's hop on into uh, some how to get people to play Necromunda. I mean, for me, the easiest way is just to badger your friends. Like, hey, man, want to play some Necromunda? I know you play 40K. Want to play some Necromunda? Yeah, if they already have buy-in, especially with, like, a 40K, it's pretty easy for them to get into it. Yeah, um, 40k or kill team. Yeah, kill. Yeah, uh, like hey, you play guard, cool. You got a gang. Uh, you play Gene Sealer Colt. You got a gang. Like you're you're ready to go. You yeah. don't have to um, do much buying other than dice, maybe a book. So it's not crazy to get into it. Yeah, it's not that big of a leap. But even if they don't have, uh, say, the guard or the. Uh, what did you say? Guard or Gene Gene Sealer Colt. Yeah. Like they have Sisters of Battle. Like, oh, we can, you, you proxy. They just have, you know, you know, mesh armor instead of the power armor. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the saying that you always say is uh, every model is a Necromunda model. Yes. So it's okay. Like if, if you say, okay, this is my leader has mesh armor with this and this and this, and you're just consistent through a campaign, nobody's going to care. Yeah. People are like, well, I'm going to play my Space Marines. You said every model is a Necromunda model. Yes, every model is a Necromunda model. That's a statue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Space Marines is a statue. <laughs> it's a walking tank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, realistically, if you know, you're trying to get people to play, uh, if you bought a starter set on the starter boxes, yep. you have an extra gang. Paint that gang up like, hey, man, I have this uh, game. I have this other gang. You want to like to try this? You know, bam, they already have something. It's the official models. Easy for them. Yeah, yeah, and, and like especially with the ash waste um, boxes. Again, it's Orlocks. So go ahead and just take your your uh, nomads and keep them for yourself. Then you use your Orlocks as hey, here's an intro, quick, quick way to get into it. And if you aren't a fan of the models, just toss them to a friend. Especially if um, you're trying to build a community. I think that's another great way of getting people in is having both gangs painted and having the terrain painted really helps people draw people into it because they want to look at all the different uh, painting and look at the different um, aesthetics aesthetics and it, it can definitely draw you in as far as the narrative and the lore and the, the vibe that it is going for. Yeah. So the easiest way to attract people to play Necromunda is to play Necromunda. I know if, if you have somebody to play with, yes, that's great. You can start playing a game in the game store, hopefully when it's busy, uh, to attract more attention. Mm -hmm. Hopefully your so store is supporting you. You know, And mo most local game stores are. like More 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 players in a store is always good for business. Yep. So. Uh, if you're fortunate enough to have uh, 
friends that play a lot and that play Necromunda. Uh, for example, uh, I was just asking a guy, I'm like, hey man, you want to play Necromunda? He plays, you know, 8th edition fantasy, he plays 40k, and he's like, I don't know, you know, I don't have a gang. And one of the guys, he just went went through his stuff, put out a, a bag, plastic bag, and he's like, here you go, here's your gang. Yeah. Here's the Goliath gang, unpainted, here you go. Now you got a gang. Now you don't have a reason not to play. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? Well, thanks, Carl. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And getting into Necromunda, especially like a 40k or AOS, comparing it to, you're not as limited uh, going into this hobby as you are with them because it's, what, 40? Now with the price increase, it's 45 a box, roughly? Yeah, 45 bucks. I think so. 50 bucks. 50 I think we're 50 Okay. And if your local store has a discount... No, I think that is with a discount. Oh, that is with a discount. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But still, I mean, it's... Okay, a box of guys, generally, except for, say, Caldor, you only need one box and a thing of dice. And dice are now, like, $18, which is a little rough. But... Uh, yeah. Oh, well. I mean, that that's... I mean, if you know the system, uh, if you know which die facing, like, a 6 on a D6, that's a out of action yes yeah true if, you know if you, if you know them you can just roll them like that you're like yeah yeah you just need the ammo dice and the scatter die which scatter die is easy to get yeah yeah scatter die is easy to come by um even with uh the ash waste box it's you get like two sets of dice yeah. in the box so you could easily pick that up from a friend that is already into it so it's much more because Okay, dice, a box of dudes, and your house of book. You're looking at, say, 120 bucks, yeah. relatively. Uh, compare that to 40K or AOS. That's like a start collecting box, and you're ready to rock and roll Yeah, with all that. And if, if like for me, if I got trying to get somebody to play, and they figure out what game they want, I'm like, well, I have the rules for that game here. You can, I'll give you those rules. Yeah, here, here's a digital uh, thing of the rules to get you started. Because yeah. you don't know if you're going to like playing nomads and try them out try using proxy models see how they play oh they're not your style okay well maybe you like more uh, tech bros and you want to do vansar now okay well here you go so yeah so bugging your friends bribing your friends uh getting the store if you have a your hopefully your game store is friendly and i've been to some that are not friendly hopefully your game store is friendly and the owner or whoever is running it will help push Necromunda. If you're like, hey, I want to I want to start playing Necromunda up here, get some more players. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully they'll start, if they don't carry much, they, can, they may start carrying more to help you. Like, hey, yeah. Get into it, yeah. You know, these are the gangs. You can come over here and see them on the shelf. You know, you can get one right now, $50, and put them together, and you're basically ready to play. You don't need much more. Yeah. But yeah, you there's probably more Necromunda players in your area than you realize because people just, there's nobody playing. They aren't going to play it. You know, they have the models of their house, painting them, building them. Yeah, and, them. and from my experience, it's it's fine playing skirmish games, pickup games. But I think where, like, the bread and butter for Necromunda is, is doing a campaign. Oh, definitely. And when you start a campaign, and I mean, that, and that's definitely another way to get other people into it, is just seeing the, the appeal, seeing the... Um, seeing how individuals get excited for a campaign and what they put into it, how they paint up their gangs. Maybe you come up with like ridiculous, like trophies for, um, most number of kills or the the worst way somebody was taken out, like most embarrassing way of dying 
or a ganger. Uh, just having fun stuff like that can also draw other people in, and especially for newcomers, because, hey, everybody's starting off at literally level one. Like, we're all on the same playing field. Uh, things can quickly spiral out of control if your uh, arbitrator is not... Arbitrating? Arbitrating, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> but other than that, it's a really, really fun way to get into it and really see, oh, this game is so much more than just me pushing guys around on a table. Yeah. So you convince people to come. You ask somebody, like, hey, want to try this out? Like, sure. Okay, you're going to play your first game. You can't throw... All the rules on you gotta you gotta you gotta break it down yes yeah in the original hive war book it had a or the hive war set had the top where you flip it over and you played a, a game out of that a learning game it, you, it oh you, yeah that's right don't use all the rules these are the rules you use mm -hmm. in the hive war set with escher and delock it had the same thing it was it had a hey this is how you play these are the rules you're going to use you're not going to use any of the other ones yep you know it's it's watered down for yeah, you watered down yeah you're not using i want they call it more advanced rules, but yeah, yeah, you got it. You get you can't just throw them throw them in the deep end and hope they swim. That's not gonna work. Just boil it down to okay. Here's your guy. Here's your old card. We're not even gonna start with like cards, the tactics cards, because oh yeah, leave there's a thousand and one choices for that. Good luck memorizing all of them. I mean, like you literally have to build a deck for that. There's yeah. no way around it. Um, just your your card for the H model, which you should already if you're trying to get somebody to play. You should already have, and you have a gang you want them to use. Already have the cards built. Yep. So they know what they have. Like, hey, this guy's this guy. This is what he has. If you have any special rules, preferably have them written out beforehand. I mean, this is some work, but you want to have somebody to play a game with. You know, write out the special rules. Hey, this has rending. Rending is on a six plus. It, I don't remember what rending does. Uh, <laughs> plus one damage. Yeah. Okay. Have have it written out on the card for them. They don't got to turn it. Like, hey, it's on the card. Why don't you read it? Okay, cool. It's there. I know what it is. Mm-hmm. And actually, you don't have to use that. Like, okay, you hit me with a thing. Okay, you did some damage. All right. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, if they're accustomed to playing tabletop games, okay, uh, your rifle has knockback. Okay, does your your hit exceed my strength or my toughness? Yeah, okay. Well, then I get moved back an inch. Yeah. And then just boiling it down to just ha having those written out, like you said, is a great idea. Even boiling that down... GW can get um, fairly wordy in explaining the rules. Yes. So. Right down the spirit of the rule. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Get right down the gist of it. And yeah. Go from there. And if somebody wants clarification further, then you can refer to the GW rules. Yeah. So uh, I know uh, quite a few people who do not play the game store. They just play at their house. That's what they do. They come up to the game store, talk and chat. Mm -hmm. But he's like, hey, man, uh, he like he was watching us play. This particular gentleman was watching us play a game. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I have, I have a couple games. I'm like, why don't you come play? He's like, I don't play at the store. And I'm like, oh, you know, you, you know, you want to come up here and play a campaign, you know, talking to him for a while. He's like, yeah, I think I'll come up and uh, I might try it, try it out if I have time. I'm like, hey, that's cool. He's not a, he's not a definite, but he's a maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, they might talk to somebody else. I mean, it, it, it can spread also. Word of mouth. Yeah. Word of mouth is a great way of promoting it. Uh, um, also, another way to promote it uh, at your local game store is to put up a flyer like, hey, I'm going to put a demo on. Demo games are great. Yeah. yeah. On this day, you know, put it up at least a month in advance. If you put it up a week in advance, you're probably not going to get anybody. A month in advance, you should get at least two or three people come up there. See, just, you know, just check it out. Yeah. Oh, you can post on. Uh, po post on Facebook. Post on or, Facebook. Like uh, if uh, you're on a on one of the 
or discord for the store if they have that going yeah uh if you like you don't know anybody who's playing you can i've seen it in some necromata groups like major necromata groups like hey does anybody live in the this part of the state that plays i would like to play a game you'll probably have somebody that'll pop up there mm -hmm. as long as you're in a not super rural area yeah yeah and now an important word from our sponsors Electro Pro, what some crocs crave. Available at any reputable chems dealers. Necro Macho Nachos, come get you some. Oh, yeah. Due to early contract agreements and lawsuits that Necromacho had early in his career, we must have Axel Jones on one segment for each show. We are sorry about this. Welcome everyone to an emergency broadcast of the Axel Jones Show. The media has reported that our great leader, Lord Hemar, has been attacked and his life has been made upon. They are saying that some knucklehead looking to make a name for themselves in the spire shot and killed him. What's being purported through all the Voxcast is that some lunatic and went and took a military standard issue last rifle and found a grassy knoll to lay in wait and take a shot on Hemar. Two points that prove this is just another propagation of lies from the propagandists. How the hell did this assassin find a freaking hole? Some of the uppers can't afford a small patch of grass, but who in the hell thinks that someone up there can afford a mound of dirt? No way. The other part of this that just rings hollow and allowed my seekers of knowledge, aka socks, to direct me to this is that the weapon was a military grade issue last rifle don't you find that a bit odd that some schmuck was able to get his hands on something so controlled and regulated they wouldn't hand that up to just any old idiot this so-called attempt seems just too good to be true i mean how do they expect us to believe this grok's pool do they just take us as a bunch of crazy out of touch wackos all right remember that you can support the show by going to our shop and purchasing some of our products we just received a new batch of pills, not produced by those crazy ushers, made entirely by us, so you know they're good. Go on and pick yourself up a bottle. Help the show and help yourselves. Till next time, Socks. This is the Axel Jones Show. Out. The views, rantings, and conspiracy theories expressed by Axel Jones do not reflect Necromacho, Necromacho Entertainment, or any of its subsidiaries. Once again, thank you to our sponsors for uh, letting us have this show. And now we're going to be getting into Necromunda on a budget. Yes. Um, so if you're looking to get into it or you're uh, trying to make your hobby dollars go further, you're, there's some ways to help stretch that, that hobby budget a little bit more. Um, as our, earlier in the show, we talked about um, playing other games like uh, 40K and having models from existing armies and reusing those models for Necromunda is definitely... a great way of saving money and um allows you to just maximize uh your your mini use so you're able to use it that much more I guess. yeah i found that uh going through some of my old collection of 40k stuff that 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 did not help my hobby dollars go farther because i found the color more from like oh this is just a badass model and i have just it <laughs> i i can make a gang around this model yeah so that uh that's great i get the color more i got the leader but now i got to acquire the other the other parts the rest of the gang yes. yeah so hopefully i can do that uh at our hobby shop we have a swap meet and hopefully you at your 
hobby shop. They all have something like that. A con- or, consignment yeah. area. Yeah. Or at a convention. Uh, you can find mm-hmm. stuff for on the cheaper side and not full retail. Yes. Fingers uh, crossed, 50%, may, maybe even less. Yeah. And you know, then there's always the eBay. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. For, for harder to find stuff. Yeah. Or, I mean, sometimes you can find a great deal on eBay. You just got to be diligent. You know, yeah. Right place, right quick. time. Yeah. Yeah. And then the thing that's, I won't say controversial in the hobby right now, but that has okay. manufacturers worried is 3D printing. Yeah. Because yeah. if you know somebody who's good at designing things, you can get them to make anything on a 3D printer. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's quite, quite a number of... Um, uh, designers out there that are i would in now it's getting to a point where you have ind- individuals that i would say are competing at a level of gw as far as the quality of their their uh, models that they put out oh yes and it's because like when it fr- first all started you definitely saw the dorky hokey like oh we gave them this and we put this on there and it's just like they're they're just adding crap onto this guy that they're just doing it to do it yeah uh, so I don't mind 3d printed stuff. I mean, I have 3d printed stuff. It's great. Mm-hmm. Learning how to do that and printing it out is a hobby in and of itself. Yes. Very like, much so. Like I have friends, we have friends that do it Yep. and I'll just outsource it to them. Like, Hey man, can you print this off for me? Because uh, I've been doing it for two, two yeah. and a half years, you know, uh, 15 bucks for this model or whatever. It's usually cheaper than that. He's like, okay, I'll print that for you. No problem. Yeah. Um, and with 3d with a, well, if it's with a resin printer, mm-hmm. as long as the they put in the detail on the 3D rend, it is more detailed and crisp than a aluminum tooled model. Yes. So for the uh, a GW model, it's mm-hmm. a, I believe they're aluminum tools, aluminum molds. Mm-hmm. When they when they actually tool that down and drill it, it the, gets up to 0.5, I think millimeters is how small they can go. Okay. With the with the drill bits that are actually making the mold. Yeah. Well, with a 3D printer, it's like 0.05. Yeah. So you you like if you're looking at if you're just looking at it, you're not gonna tell the difference. But if you're like you're really looking at it, you can tell mm-hmm. like if somebody made a mock-up of a GW model and printed it out on that small on a, that good of a printer and put them next to each other, you can be like, oh, this one is way more crisp. Yeah. But you have to look at it like just on the tip top, you're not gonna notice. Yeah, and for something like that, um, like I've uh, printed out like some Bestarium prints, and they'll have like uh, guys with their like hands out, <clears throat> kind of extending out with their uh, hands, uh, just kind of like reaching oh. for something. Yeah, hands open. Yeah, hands open, like casting a spell or something. Um, and you can print like you get really great detail in the hand, but those fingers. God forbid you drop it. Like that's that's where I would say that GW is very solid. As I mean, it's plastic. Yeah. It's, you drop it, it's not going to break on you. But a resin print, if it hits it right, it can definitely break. Yeah, it'll shatter. Yeah. Um, we mentioned earlier as far as uh, shopping uh, the s- different sales. Um, I about a year ago found at our game store the deal of a century. Um, I found uh, two Ambots, Corpse Grinder Colt, the Harvest Lord, uh, Cotter Dice for some reason, uh, and the cards for the Corpse Grinders, all for 50 bucks. And you're looking at, what, 80 bucks for Corpse Grinder and the Harvest Lord, roughly? Yeah. Um, and it's just like, 
there, there was no question in my mind as to pick it up. I wanted an Ambot, pick yes. that up, and now somebody's just trying to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. You you definitely find people that are shifting interests. Like, oh, they're getting out of Necromunder, getting out of 40k to go into Magic or something like that, and they're looking to offload anything that they're not using. I mean, and if you're there at the right time, you're right place, right time. Yeah, like eBay, if you can, somebody puts it up in your first person seat and hit buy it now because they have a, you know, a box, a fifty dollar box for twenty five dollars. Like, oh yeah, I'm getting that. Yeah. Uh, there are Facebook, uh, some buy sell groups for Necromunda. Yep. You can get some good deals off of there. Uh, and then, hey, if you got some people that play Necromunda, they're like, I don't like, hey, you need what bits do you need? I got, I got a crap ton of bits. What do you need? I got you. Yeah, and and that's definitely a, a way of. Uh, getting into it is um, as far as like if you're wanting to do like terrain you don't need official gw kits to make your your board um there's definite advantages of having it like everything locks together it, there's a common aesthetic to it like if you want to make your own stuff that can have its own aesthetic and have it all blend together too um so you can do things like you're building um structures for the ash waste or something well you don't need all the GW stuff. You can use recycled packaging material, toilet paper rolls, um, even your uh, your terrain for our last campaign. You used um, Pringle scans. Pringle scans, because the MDF terrain actually had that to where it was a large uh, uh, structure, tall structure, and you would drop the Pringle scan right in the center of it and use this uh, line of sight blocking. Yep, and there are websites. And YouTube videos galore on how to do that. Yes. Uh, you have one. What was the one you like? The guy I, I like to follow is um, Scratch Bashing. Uh, he has great videos. Uh, he has stuff like Scratch Built Terrain for Necromunda and just. Yeah, then I have, I like uh, Geek Gaming Scenics mm -hmm. out of uh, Britain. They, they show you how to do stuff, or Luke shows you how to do stuff at a cheap alternative. Well, not cheap, but an inexpensive alternative to. Whatever it is, like you want to make your own Mod Podge. He shows you how to make your own Mod Podge. Oh, okay. You use that a lot. Yeah. Or make your own. Uh, what were we talking about earlier? You didn't like the. Uh, oh, um, sculpt mold. Sculpt. Make your own sculpt mold. You know, you can show you how to do that, and it's mm -hmm. really inexpensive for what it is, especially if you're going to use a lot of it. Yeah. Um, Black Magic Crafts. There, they show you how to use some stuff that uh, I wouldn't use normally. The foam, the white foam. There's little, the beads little beads coming, yeah. coming off. Uh, how to use that, how to seal it, make it almost like concrete so you mm -hmm. can actually get some use out of it instead of looking all weird. Makes it a little bit more durable. and it makes it a lot more durable. Like, okay. he, like he shows a picture of like he's dropping it. it oh, really? It, okay. Yeah, it makes it basically like concrete. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, there's, you don't have to buy, you know, a $100 kit to make your table look good. No, and especially like you're just getting into it. You look at, you go to the Necromunda section in your hobby store and you see, oh, look at that underhive sector uh, uh, box. It's like $260 with the discount. Yeah. It's like, what, $315 without something like that? Something like that. And it's just, wow, that's very expensive for. Uh, not a full table. Not a full table. Not, not even like a two by two. Like, that's fairly sparse. Yeah. Because you got to think, like, okay. Uh, they have like some scatter terrain in it, uh, but it's it's rough getting uh, getting there as far as filling out a board. 
um, in creating my three by three, I wish I didn't go that route. I mean, investment wise, it's expensive. Well, it's yeah. great, but investment wise, it's a lot of money to fill out a board, to have it dynamic, have it be modular. Um, and it's also just a lot of, um, a lot of space to take up. Yeah. I, and you can't always get it. No, right now from, um, I just checked maybe a week ago. You can't get that box right now. It's unavailable. Oh, just the box or the uh, plates? Oh, the Zomatalis plates, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, for the longest time, you can find those during uh, uh, the pandemic. Yeah. I think they might be out of stock again right now. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, my MDF terrain, MDF's a great way to go. Yeah. It, it does not have the same aesthetic with no any gw terrain but it's far cheaper it's far cheaper uh not as durable uh but it's if you're trying to save some money it's a good way to go i have a whole table i have a four by four table full of mdf and i paid 200 bucks maybe maybe yeah let's say 300 just for funsies like uh that's less than a box of the underhive sector yeah at, at, at retail price yeah so I mean, MDF, you got to go alternate routes unless you have uh, a surplus of funds. Yeah. And uh, like for, for myself, when uh, I'm looking for ways to afford the hobby, uh, one way I make uh, money doing that is by doing commissions for people, for painting up things for them. And I'll either get paid in money or I'll get paid in models sometimes if they have something I'm looking for. Um like I'm actually set to paint uh, paint up some uh, Goliath gangers pretty soon. Yay! So, <laughs> um, and a buggy eventually. Eventually, yeah. Whenever that comes in from GW. Yeah. Another way that you can definitely um, um, make use is uh, using a poly polystyrene. I've seen really great like vehicle kit bashes for ash waste come out of them. Um, they have, um, you, I'm amazed at what people can do with them. Um, take a little bit of time and they can come up with some amazing things. Yeah. Weren't you mis mentioning somebody? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I knew a guy, so this was when third edition was out. Okay. And he had polystyrene. He had, he had his template. So he would make second edition rhinos. Mm. So he would make second edition rhinos. He had the template out and he would like, he had a sheet of, a sheet of styrene and would draw all these temples out, cut them out. And it would be a one-to-one -one ratio of that exact model. Mm -hmm. And he had, I mean, he did 40 or 50 of those. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, he made the whole Dark Angels chapter. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like he had a simplistic painting style. He had, he had everything. It was, he, he had a plan and he was sticking to it. But I've seen people make a new, a newer Rhino, mm -hmm. like fully with the extra armor and everything. Mm. And once they spray painted it, you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Um, I've seen people do like piping systems with it. Uh, just saw somebody today that made um, a kit bashed uh, war rig from Mad Max, the newest Mad Max movie, out of the ridge hauler, uh, the vehicle for uh, the uh, Scions, the 40K, uh, is it Rhinox? Yeah, Rhinox. Um, is this the crude one? No, it's not. It's not a crew. Okay. Um, I know what you're talking about, but uh, this guy did 
like a kit bash of that and that with the two kits and then did polystyrene on the front to get that like long uh like tapered front mm-hmm. with a, uh, a plow in front of it. it looks fantastic um and then proceeded to make the uh trailer for it out of the promethean tanks and just made this long this one long promethean tank uh that just sits on the bed of the truck and it's fantastic if you do have the money to buy into gw terrain it's not a bad way of going um i know i earlier i expressed uh regret like i mean it's financial regret buying into it because just having to stick with it but if that's not uh an issue given uh your available resources uh it's a great way of going because it looks great the scenery is absolutely fantastic um as far as like the walls and columns kits everything locks together no thinking like you can just oh you want to make it uh three stories tall okay and you just assuming you haven't glued it you can stack it all up yeah um and really make it uh completely modular with the ability to like i've got the um, the stairway kits you can slide those in and out every which way yeah um everything connects there really is just a, a lot of modularity no thought required as far as putting it together and right out of the box it looks great yeah well, hopefully, if you have a game store or a club that you go to, you don't have to buy your own terrain. Hopefully, you can use theirs. Yeah. True. And I'm, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Okay. So, if you are at a game store or at your, a club uh, and you're using their terrain and you see somebody being rough with it, please shame them. <laughs> yes. Shame the mess out of them. Make them feel bad. Yeah. Because they should. Because that's, that's provided for you. If you're a club, you're actually paying for it. Mm-hmm. You know, people put time and effort into building that, and you want to play with some nice terrain. And, and painting it, too. Yeah, painting it. They're, they're going to trash it, but they don't need to be playing with it. And you can let them know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the last thing you want to be doing is playing with something, that, or seeing somebody else play with something that's, like, guaranteed they wouldn't treat their own miniatures and yes. terrain like this. So why, why do they think it's right to do that to something that's not theirs? Yeah. It's perfectly acceptable to shame them. Yeah. I don't care how nice your your uh, society is. Shame them. Yeah, yeah, and that's like I've, I've got my three by three painted up for um, our next campaign, and there's definitely a, that little uh, voice in the back of my head that's uh, paranoia of oh god, something's gonna break. Like somebody's gonna be rough with it. Yep. Somebody like uh, for me, like putting it together, painting it. I want to say on average took like eight hours like to paint a board that was a board a board a board and i have nine yeah so uh yeah it was it was quite a uh, arduous task so the last thing I, I want is somebody to be mishandling it and or not caring and just oh I, I snapped a railing look i get it accidents happen not a big deal just let me know we can fix it yeah uh fortunately at our store uh, when we set up for a campaign we have a dedicated table Yes. And I and uh, we put a sign on there saying, hey, Necromund only. Don't move the train. Yeah. And uh, for the most part, it's, people have always respected that. The only time they didn't was they just moved the terrain down so they could set their stuff down. You know, but okay. Nobody, yeah, nobody sh- was shifting is, yeah, not that big of a deal. Um, yeah, it's, <clears throat> there, there's 
number of ways of um, being able to get into Necromunda. Should it be like um, just playing up at your game store because you don't have the funds to afford terrain for your house or you, you don't have the room. You don't have the room. Yeah, you, you don't have a dedicated gaming space. Um, that's great. That's definitely beneficial because we have up at our store, we've got um, sector mechanics, sector mechanicus terrain that we can pull from um, to make it pretty dense board. Um, we even have the old uh, Forge World ZM tiles. Yep. And even like some of the, the little cardboard. If we're just doing a quick pickup game, we can throw those out. Yeah, the cardboard, uh, cardboard tiles from the original sets yeah so i know like for playing dnd i'll like i have a mat that i just roll out and it's like oh we're in a room okay well here's uh like some markers on the mat that you can wipe away and there there's our room so, I, that's per, a perfectly good alternative like if you've you're into dnd and you're getting into necromunda that's a great way to reuse that starting off and i would say also for learning it's a great way to... I mean, that's what the tiles are. They just have black voids there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a simplified tile. Yeah. Very simplified tile. Um, so you're able to... Okay, here's a, here's a ladder with uh, going up to a second story and maybe notate like a railing or something. It doesn't have to be super complex. can be very simple. Just bop. There you go. You have your, your say what, two by two? Right there. Yeah. That's all you need to start a game. Yeah. Another thing you can do to save money, which a lot of people don't think about, is when you're painting. So painting, do not buy craft paints. Like Apple Ab- You Do not, yeah. You're, you're going to destroy your mini. You're, doesn't matter how much you thin them, it's not going to work. It's not going to look good. Don't do it. You can buy some other paints. You can buy some Vallejo, Army Painter, GW, whatever. Do not buy Apple Barrel to paint miniatures. Paint terrain, that's fine. Not miniatures. Yeah. But... Uh, I, I, mm. No, I can no. I've used Apple Barrel to like a base coat of just the color, like on the MDF terrain. On MDF easy. terrain, I can see that. I mean, it's just those paints can definitely obliterate detail. Oh yeah, one gift isn't. Yeah, yeah. But paints can get expensive. Oh, <laughs> especially if you're buying some really good paints. Yeah. Uh, just because you have a limitations on what colors you have doesn't have to let it limit you. Let that be. Like say, you yep. have these six colors there's some artists that do this that you have the six that's what six colors you use and, and you mix you, your own paints and mix your own paints out of those six colors yep and that's what you use and that can be your style if you say you only have green and blue that's the only two paints you have a green blue and a white that's the only two paints you have or three paints you have go with it you can make a style out of that and make it look good yep you know you don't have to use 16 different colors in the model actually i would not use 16 different colors in the model. that's going to get it muddied yeah depending on uh, I mean, not not shades and stuff like. Hey, here's blue. Here's green. Here's pink. You know, it's yeah, yeah. You know, if you just have a, a hit the details, I, I, all the letters, all the leather stuff can be just that one brown. You know, you highlight mm-hmm. stuff. It doesn't have to be a bunch of colors. You don't have to have edge highlighting on everything. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to have a full, you know, GDB's full line of paints to paint something. No, and getting into the hobby, that's what I thought I needed because there's definitely that push oh, yeah. from GW of. Like, well, here's the box, and here's uh, your painting Eldar. Well, here, here's how we did all the colors. And it's like, well, I'm buying a box for like 80 bucks at the time. Um, and I've got 16 paints on the back of it. And it, like, it was just like the amount of paint that they're saying on the box I needed would be the same cost as the, the box. box. Yeah, and it's just like, 
I'm not about to drop $160 on, on these, uh, on models and paints right now because I'm just getting into this. So yeah, it's, um, I would say finding a paint range that you like, that is comfortable. Try, don't be afraid to try other paints. Um, like I've tried, um, GW, the Vallejo, um, I've tried, um, um, uh, army painter didn't like those i just didn't feel right when painting with them um for like some of my larger terrain projects uh i would just go down to hobby lobby michaels that type of thing and get a, a 200 milliliter um bottle or tube of um Linzer newton acrylic paint and like roy said i would have to mix the paints to get the color i want but i can mix the paints I can make whatever color I want. The problem with GW paints, they don't mix at all. Like, it's not great. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you're not going to get the same... Tone, vibrancy. Yeah, tone, vibrancy, saturation, uh, as you would with, like, an acrylic paint. Yeah, an artist acrylic paint. Yeah. So and how much did, uh, did that uh, tube cost you? Um, $10? Yeah, $10, 12 bucks. $12. And yeah. that much of... Oh, yeah. That's well over. Oh, this is yeah. Two hundred mils and a uh, bottle of GW is how many mils? Twelve milliliters. Twelve. If you ever decide to move to um, oil paints for your painting, uh, because oil is great as far as like doing washes and whatnot. Um, but if you ever want to be able to go back and reactivate your paints, you can do that uh, yeah. with oils. That can get expensive. Like for harder uh, colors, like uh, yellows are more expensive, and reds mm -hmm. can be more expensive because of the pigment. Because of the pigment, yeah. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I would say if you're looking to build a lot of terrain, um, paint it. Just I would do, uh, and you're wanting to do like a quick dry brush to knock it all out, get done with. Uh, just going and getting several uh, acrylic tubes and just going to town. Like get a brown, get a get a white, get a some reds, um, maybe um, a red, blue, and a yellow. There you go. You can make everything. Yes, I mean you're still gonna need your white. There's, oh yeah, white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, depending on how you want to go, like you're you're golden. Yeah, and you don't need expensive brushes. You can go buy some cheap brushes. You yeah. may have to keep buying cheap brushes if you paint a significant amount after a while. Yeah, and it also depends on how well you treat your brushes. Um, one of the biggest uh, problems I've seen with people getting into the hobby is that they'll dunk their brush completely. All of it, furrow. Yeah, yeah. The the furrow goes all the way down into the paint, and they don't realize that they need to clean all the way up inside of it because now that uh, if that paint dries, it's going to spread have, sp spread the bristles. Yeah. You should only go halfway up your halfway up the body of the brush. Yeah, at most. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, you don't need expensive paints. You don't need expensive brushes. Expensive brushes. You can make your own wet palette. We already talked about that uh, last episode. Yep. You don't have to have a wet palette. You no. can use a, a piece of plastic, piece of stretch paper, old piece of tile. Take a razor blade, scrape it off, and mm -hmm. it dries. You can get away with a lot of trash in this hobby to use. Yeah, yeah. There's. Uh, from 3D printing your gang uh, to picking them up on consignment or off of uh, auctions, off of eBay. Uh, even sometimes uh, you can find deals on terrain. My, my head's in terrain right now because oh. 
Because you've been building a lot I've of terrain. I've been building a lot of terrain and I'm so working on my next terrain project. Everything so. we've said, I've done. Mm -hmm. You know, using Chibo brushes, using craft paint. Yeah. Uh, I, I have ones that are new, but I've used the oils for oil painting. So that's okay. different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. eBay, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to be, if you're a purist and you can afford it, great on you. Not everybody can. Yeah. Uh, as long as you're not uh, an elitist. Oh, yeah, that's not a GW model. You can't use that. No. Well, we're not in a uh, GW store, buddy, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like, like I said earlier, like there's so much that's coming out now that is competing with GW and is, I would say, in some cases, superior to GW. That it's, at the end of the day, this is all about the hobby, especially Necromunda. You're, it's all about kid bashing, all about creating that story, creating that narrative that you want to push your gang with. Um, like my whole thing is I'm, uh, I got the, the, the slaver gang, uh, models and I won't want to, uh, use them with my slave augurans and create a narrative or, or story of them leaving and trying to escape and become free from these slavers and make that and figure that out in a campaign and how that would play out uh, having like the slave slavers offering like double bounties for people to capture my my uh, slave augurans or something ridiculous like that we can work with that yeah <clears throat> so but the whole thing is like you can go in somebody lost an eye okay well find a bit that looks like an eye and model it into your guy so talking about the narrative. So if, if you played the original Necromunda or you've access or seen any of the original Necromunda artwork, the John Blanche style, mm -hmm. that was very more, very much more grim, dark and depressing. And yep. if you want to actually get that in your models, you can make your own models or some people have design models that look like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, people call it grim, dark, like in the grim, dark painting style. Mm -hmm. uh, like he does a lot of that, uh, that really depressing mutated look. Muted yeah. colors, yeah. Uh, Very low saturation. I mean, a lot of that is just some green stuff or some mobile put with a bunch of bits. Yeah. Still going to look like a person or whatever you're trying to make. Yeah. And so you're not, you, you already have, if you already have bits, you can make models mm -hmm. to fit that aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, you look at like, um, look at other uh, avenues of like, or films uh, for like Star Wars back in the day, like you had uh, these designers developing TIE fighters and Star Destroyers. Star, Star Destroyers and whatnot. And they were literally just, okay, well, it's just polystyrene here. Just slap it on, uh, take a bunch of like, at the time, like a uh, tank, uh, World War II tank bits and just kind of just gluing them yeah, every the, which way. They didn't 3D print any of that stuff. That's them making it by hand. Yeah, and they were scratch building that stuff. Scratch building with bits thrown on it and painted, and yeah. maybe grimed up a little bit. Uh, and they were then shooting it for a film, a major theatrical release. So, look at other uh, avenues like any movies from the '80s, early '90s. Yes, yeah, '70s. Um, I mean, Adam Savage on YouTube. He has a great scratch building video. Really? Yeah, he uh, he actually. Uh, I think he worked for ILM for a while and uh, he had a video that he posted up on YouTube. Um, I think this series is called like tested or something like that. Uh, but his is making like a little like speeder thing and it shows him just creating it uh, just all out of polystyrene. And <clears throat> uh, by the end of the day, he's built it and 
It's like, okay, cool. Got a little little seat for my uh, little Admiral Akbar <laughs> that just it's just riding in riding in the seat. Yeah. Okay. I mean, all that uh, the predator, uh, the alien movies, alien aliens, all yep. those giant spaceships that those are all scratch built. Yeah. The uh, the flyer in Aliens, the uh, their little tank thing, for what it's called. The little like. Um, um, well, it's not little in the movie. No, but yeah, it's the their their vehicle that they're driving around with. Yeah. She smashed doors. Crashing through the underhive with, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, vehicles don't belong in the underhive. They don't, but you can bring them. It's not uh, not recommended, though. Yeah, no. So I think if you crash into a, a wall, you can explode. Well, some people, there's everybody has a different version of what the underhive is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on which lore you read. Because yeah. some of them, it's, hey, everything's collapsed. You're like in cracks, like a building fell down. A skyscraper fell down and you're growing through the cracks. That's what it is. And yeah. there's sometimes there's openings, there's voids in there, and that's where people live. Some people are like, oh, it's it's kind of still a city and it's just collapsed a little bit, so you can still go around there. So it depends mm-hmm. what you want. Uh, I heard uh, a guy on another podcast saying if you have a if you can draw a line of sight for more than 18 inches, you're doing it wrong. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that is a packed board. Yeah, that's... and there's no there's no way a vehicle's <laughs> fitting in there. Yeah, for for something like that, there's yeah, there's no way. And on that note, remember to shame people who are being too rough with terrain. Yeah, 100% agree. Well, thank you for listening to today's podcast. We appreciate it. Once again, you can always find us at Necromacho Entertainment at Instagram. And uh, you can find me and keep up with me on uh, Instagram at Less Gray Minis uh, to follow my painting. And you can always message us at necromachoentertainment at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Make sure you tell your friends. You've been listening to the Necromacho Entertainment Podcast. Ooh, yeah. With the hive scum rise through the top. 